What's up, everyone? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Bucks. And today we're talking ESPN coach and front office survey. We love this. At the start of every preseason or at the start of every NBA season, they go through and they talk about who's going to win the MVP, who's going to win the title. There's always some funny answers, but there's plenty of Giannis love, as we should probably expect. So the big question is, can Giannis really win the MVP for a third time? Where would that place him historically? And then additionally, uh, where do the Bucks lie in the championship uh, race? Because there was an interesting team that was the favorite to win it all. We're going to talk about that. Let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show, uh, I want to say Monday to Friday, but look, we're still in a little bit of off-season mode, but most days, and if you subscribe to the show, then you won't need to worry about it because you'll get the notifications. You can also find my work over at ESPN. Uh, alongside me, we've got the whole crew back again, Camille Davis from this podcast. I was going to say this great podcast, but I don't think it's for me to say, uh, but also the Technical Power Podcast and Justin Garcia. Uh, from the Bucks Radio Network, who for some reason has given himself a night off from Brewer's duty. Maybe he's jumping off the ship. Uh, we can ask about that in just a little bit. Today's podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's Bet Online uh, where the game starts. And as I did mention, we love everyone jumping on board, particularly with Eurobasket around the corner. They open up. Uh, I say they, Greece, we've claimed them. Uh, Greece opened up Eurobasket in a couple of days' time, September 2nd, and uh, we'll be covering that entire tournament uh, throughout there as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun, but we thank you for making Lockdown Bucks your first listen of every day. And like I said, subscribe on YouTube or the audio podcast if you're old-fashioned like I tend to be. Uh, before we get into this ESPN straw poll, because it's it's really interesting stuff, Plenty of good Yana stuff. Uh, Justin, have you jumped off the Brewers? Explain yourself, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> off the bandwagon? Yeah, I've been off for a while. Oh. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, look, it's it's a it's cute what they're getting right now from Garrett Mitchell, and I think at least people are interested. But this yeah. team is going nowhere. Well, that's that's not how we'd like to typically start the podcast. You got to at least <laughs> well, have it's some... not locked on Brewers. They can no, do that's. Those. That's true, but it's a great promo. Listen to Lockdown Brewers after you're done with Lockdown Bucks. And look, you got to maintain the faith. Unless you're an Oakland A's fan like I am, then you can completely. In fact, Although, I gave up before it even started. I'll point out, the A's have been pretty good in the second half. It's just a disastrous first half that's been the problem. That's actually the case every year. But anyway, <laughs> I'll get over there to a, to an A's game again at some point. And a Brewers game. I've always had uh, high hopes of being a part of the uh, the sausage race. So, oh, that would be okay. 
Yeah, Hashtag get Kane into the, the Miller Park sausage race. Well, wow, that's a mistake. <laughs> that, that is exactly right. So if people want to get so that trendy, free, character. But here's the thing. If you, if you don't include all of those words, the hashtag takes a different tone. So we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> that's true. Uh, yeah, be very careful with how we have that uh, trending. We are talking about. Uh, maybe we need to put uh, hashtag get Kane in a Milwaukee Brewers uh, Miller Park sausage race. I'll still call it Miller Park. Um, maybe that still doesn't help. I don't know. Let's move on. Tim Bontemps does a great job, Camille, uh, over at ESPN, and he's done uh, this poll. I tell you what, this is a very suspect start to this podcast. But anyway, uh, Tim Bontemps, the panel of 15 NBA coaches, scouts, and executives have been a, a part of this questionnaire. Uh, and let's start with who is the best player in the NBA right now. Camille, I'll go to you first. Giannis got 11 of the 15 votes. Steph Curry, three. LeBron James, one. Any surprises here with the landslide nature of Giannis? Off the back of a podcast from myself asking if Giannis is disrespected. You know, it's it's interesting to think about. I believe last year when they did the same survey, Giannis and Kevin Durant, if not tied, they were very close um last year and then this year happened and I was like wow I guess that you know playoff series against Boston kind of you know soured some people on Kevin Durant or maybe the offseason uh drama helped sour them on him a little bit but to see Giannis run away with it that much surprised me a little bit I feel that you know on Twitter you see a lot of people admitting like oh Giannis is the best player but I'm well aware that Twitter is a very small segment of people. So sometimes things that are true on Twitter don't happen to be true with the world, you know, as a whole. So um, to see the people surveyed in the survey saying that Giannis is the best player, hands down, was a little surprising. But um, I don't feel that it's, you know, a, a mislabeled title for him at this point in his career either. I feel like if people are calling him the best player, which is something that I can definitely get behind, it's all been earned. Like Giannis goes out night in and night out, 30 minutes or not, doesn't really matter. But uh, when he goes out there, he's he's given his all. And you see in the playoffs that he has been turning it up another level, the way his game improves year in and year out. Uh, it just it makes sense to me to see it. It was a surprise, but like a happy surprise for me. So this is interesting, Justin, because this is part of the conversation that I had, whether if you want to talk about certain, there's always going to be certain people in the media that have their own opinions. That's fine. Uh, also, sometimes people like to have contrarian opinions to get benefit out of that. So this is all part of it. But these are coaches, scouts, executives that have to try and stop this man on a nightly basis. So when people talk about, wow, Giannis, he's, uh, he can't shoot a jump shot. Uh, he's, not a, he's not a hooper or whatever, you know, all these dumb stories. These teams don't care about that. They just purely can't stop this man. So I guess from that perspective, it's not a surprise that he's number one. But what about the fact that Jokic doesn't get a single vote? And also, what did, I, what did Kevin Durant actually do, to Camille's point, to all of a sudden get no votes? That was um, That was my surprise was that – it, that there, the absence of Kevin Durant on this, and it's also, it can be kind of tricky where it's 15 people yeah, that, no, it's that a are small, pulled yeah. and surveyed yeah. here. So it's not exactly a large sample size. I think when Bontemps does the the MVP straw polls during the season, mm-hmm. I think it's more people that he has participating in that. Um, but it it's still also, I think it's pretty obvious where 
the split is that if this was Giannis's peers, he's probably not getting 11 because as you guys mm-hmm. just touched on there, for whatever reason, he's the guy that uh, it seems to be slow to really get his, his just deserves here. And neither among, would Jokic. I don't and think. neither would Jokic. And I, I, I think part of that too is, um, and I know the numbers told a different story, but I think there's still this perception that Jokic is, as great as he is offensively, that he's just a one-way player and the defense isn't there. So I think that's what held him off. But I, I was very surprised, not only the absence of Kevin Durant, because regardless of what the offseason was and how much of an annoyance it was, maybe for some of these executives and coaches uh, <laughs> that were surveyed, he's still a guy that if he's healthy, he's the best scorer in the league without question. And he's one of the five best players. So I was surprised that he wasn't there. And I was also surprised that the gap between Giannis and Steph was as large as it was, especially on the heels of Steph winning another championship that you would have figured more people would say, you know, we've kind of been sleeping on how good he was because of those injury years. And he showed it this past summer in the finals. All right, let's get to MVP and then NBA championship. Cause I think these are the two, most interesting ones. Uh, before we do that, quickly, uh, Camille, was the one vote for LeBron uh, Darvin Ham? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it could have been, but honestly, if there is a, a subset of people that want to argue that LeBron James is still the best basketball player on the earth, I I disagree. But I can understand why one would argue that because normally in that argument, they bring in the fact of his age and level that he's producing at at his age and the, you know, the track record behind it and everything he's been able to accomplish. So, like, I get it. I don't agree with it, but I get it. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, maybe Darvin Ham's not the right man. Rob Polinka, perhaps. Anyway, you get the point that we're getting at. Now, we're going to get to the NBA championship in just a little bit here and it's fascinating if you look at betonline.net which is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season as well as basketball because we're talking about basketball right now Uh, odds to win the 2023 eastern conference boston celtics are favorites milwaukee uh, second there and then brooklyn speaking of kevin durant dropping right off they're the third favorite to win the East. I don't know whether that speaks to doubts over any other contenders outside of those three as much as anything. It feels like the Celtics and the Bucks are right up the top of the conference. But when you look at the West, Golden State Warriors are the favorites to come out the West, closely followed by the LA Clippers. Now, uh, think about the LA Clippers because I think we're going to talk about them a a little bit later in this podcast. But as I mentioned, the NFL is right around the corner, so you can get all your NFL info as well. I wouldn't say I'm a hardcore NFL fan. I enjoy watching it. Uh, but I, I don't try to pretend that I know all the players and all these types of things, but I'm watching Hard Knocks, so I, I, I'm right involved. I'm ready. I'm ready to to follow the Packers from uh, Twitter, all uh, my friends on Twitter that uh, ride the emotional roller coaster of a Green Bay Packers season. But if you want to uh, slip some money on the Packers, you can do it at betonline.net. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, let's continue here and let's talk about MVP. Uh, Just briefly, they did another question, who will be the best player in the NBA in five years? Giannis again uh, with the seven votes. So basically 50-50 with Luka Doncic. Interesting at that point, Giannis will be 32, but uh, still gets the nod from a number of uh, coaches, scouts, executives there. So who will be the MVP this season? So Giannis five, 
Uh, again, takes this one out. Then you got Doncic with four, Embiid with four, uh, Steph, and then Jar was an interesting one with one vote each for Curry and Jar. So Doncic and Embiid haven't won it. Giannis has obviously already collected two. I'll get into the historical aspect of this in just a little bit, but just right off the top, Camille, it does feel when you put Embiid right there, has been so close a couple of years in a row, it feels like it's inevitable that Doncic is going to win one eventually. It's uh, it, it feels like collecting that third one is challenging for and has been challenging for a number of, of really legends of the game. Yeah, it's hard, especially given the fact that Giannis won his two MVPs in the fashion that he did, where by the time it was time to consider him for another MVP over the last two seasons, it's been like, well, I mean, he already won two. Like, does he really need another one? Like, he needs another championship, and he gets a championship. And then it's, well, this race is Jokic, and then it's Embiid, and then Giannis made a late push. So it's interesting how the narrative changes. Like, in this particular question, I wasn't shocked to see Jokic not listed here after seeing the narrative around Giannis and his back-to-back MVPs. But to see him actually leading it at this point, again, it's a small sample size, but that actually surprised me the most of all of the different questions that was asked in this particular survey because um as much as you know Bucks fans were on the Giannis MVP bandwagon and I feel like he really did have a, a legit case this past season but so did Jokic so did Embiid like there's just a lot of good players in the league right now just given the way that things are going like Embiid has been so close for so many years now it feels like at some point he's going to have to break through and finally get his one MVP. And it could be this upcoming season. If James Harden is playing at a higher level, you know, if, if James Harden is playing that co-star role to Embiid and Embiid's leading the team and James is, you know, helping facilitate and we got PJ Tucker. Like I feel like the team makeup in Philly uh, might give Embiid an even stronger shot this year to make it, especially when you think about narrative and narrative is a part of MVP Although some don't like that, it is part of it. And I can see Embiid's narrative uh, really kicking up this upcoming season. And even with Luka, given his age and what he's already accomplished, uh, I can see people really pushing for him this year, especially without Brunson and Dallas, what that can do for his usage rate that was already sky high. So um, we'll see how that looks. But given where the Bucks are as well, I can definitely see Giannis in the race again. I think Giannis will always be in the race, just given the type of player that he is. and as we're seeing more people are starting to feel as if he is the best player in the world. And I think with that type of clout, you get the benefit of the doubt a little bit more than some other players might. So we'll see how it shakes out, but um, surprised to see him leading the vote, even if it's only by one, I'm surprised to see him leading that particular vote for that question. So the two time winners, Justin, Bob Pettit, Carl Malone, Tim Duncan, Steve Nash, Steph Curry's only got two. I think it would be a long shot for Steph to win it, but who knows? Nikola Jokic and Giannis. So that's that's the, the the group of players that have won two. And then if you want to go to three-time winners, Moses Malone, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. So there's no doubt that if you pick up a third one, you're entering a different caliber of historical players. But if you look over the last four years, Giannis is essentially 29 points, 12 to 13 rebounds, six assists. Efficiency has really been pretty steady the whole way through. He's never played more than 33 minutes per game in that four-year window. So what the heck would he actually have to do to win the MVP? Because if, to Camille's point, 
if you looked at last season, clearly they were MVP numbers. And it was basically what he did when he won the MVP twice. And people were like, yeah, we've seen it. We need to do, we need more. So what can he possibly do more? Does he, I don't know. Um, yeah, a, a different caliber of player too, other than the, you know, the player that scored 50 points in the closeout game of an NBA finals right. two weeks after we thought he obliterated his knee. Right. Um, but so, I, so just quickly then, to, to that point, if he was going to win a third one, last year when all doubt was erased, I, I don't know whether last year he was a better chance than this year coming off yeah. the title. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's where I kind of fell. I was uh, almost in complete agreement with everything Camille said there that I, I was very surprised that he was the leader in this. Um, it seemed to me the obvious ones are the guys that finished just behind him, primarily Luca too, that he's the guy yeah. that's getting a lot of buzz. And like you said, it's inevitable he's going to win an MVP. I think what probably hurt his chances is a, I don't know where you rated, either bad to disastrous offseason for the Dallas Mavericks, that that probably uh, factors in when you look at what's the team success going to be and is this a guy that's going to be on a team that's a six seed, then you're not going to get the MVP. Whereas Giannis and Embiid, we know they're going to be in the top three, if not you know four at least in the Eastern Conference. Um, the Steph one was interesting to me in this list too because – it kind of goes with what we just said with Giannis of, you know, last year you would think would have been the year to get the third. Um, and for Steph, it seems like it would be this year that I do kind of feel like they're going to reward, you would assume, a guy like Steph with his third MVP before Giannis is going to get that. And that would leave this season with his team coming off an NBA championship. But you also have to wonder, what are we going to see from Steph Curry this upcoming year? That he's getting older and – it's probably not going to be the man on fire season that we saw a couple of years ago where you're going to rest him a little more. So that's the only thing that would go against it. I'm most surprised that Jason Tatum did not pop up on this list a lot. And he finished either at the top or near the top with Giannis because other than Luca, that's the other guy that it just seems pretty obvious. There's going to be a narrative for him after what he did in the playoffs last year. We think the Celtics are going to be maybe the best team in the East so that to me was the biggest surprise that Jason Tatum didn't not only get a lot of votes, his name wasn't even on that list. And if there's a player that people love to elevate into the top <laughs> echelon, it's Jason Tatum. So yeah, I kind of agree with that a little bit. Uh, speaking of LeBron and Steph, so LeBron hasn't won one since 2013. Now, I think everyone would be, t- you know, people, people always talk about the championships. I think for the most part, when you look at what he's done, I think most people accept that he should have more than four. He should, he probably should have won the Derek, Derek Rosie. Or anyway, there's a couple of years that you can go back and have a look at. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't think at this point, ten years after he won his last, he's going to pull it off. And for Steph, it was 2016. So, what do you think? So when I ask what Giannis can do, Camille, in terms of statistically. I don't think that he's going to play more minutes. And I know I tell you, talking about Giannis and minutes is very topical right now, but I don't think that he's going to play any more minutes. So the only way that I can see uh, him differentiating himself from the pack and from these guys that haven't won it before is if the Bucks are the number one seed by a clear margin. Would that be enough? 
It could be. Because um, remember, they were they were three seed when they won the title, three seed last year, and the two times that he won MVP, they were clear one seeds. That could be the case. I mean, that that used to be the argument you would go to. Who's the best player on the best team? Like, that's the MVP. And yeah. as I mentioned before, like, narrative helps to shape how these awards are given out a lot. So I'm not sure if Giannis and the Bucks being the first seat with him putting up the numbers that he puts up would be enough to do it. If let's say uh, Luca in Dallas, if he's putting up really gaudy numbers, but they're the fifth seat, someone might mm-hmm. argue like, well, what he did was more impressive because his team needed him, whatever the narrative would be around his numbers there. And I think also what comes into play with voting for MVPs is what you mentioned. People look at how many MVPs certain players have. And I feel like uh, at times what can happen is you see like, okay, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Moses Malone have three. Is Giannis on that tier? Like, I, I can see some people being like, no, we don't want to give him three yet because we don't see him as that tier of player. Like, I don't think anybody's ever going to catch Kareem six. Like, that's probably not going to happen in this modern NBA. But Ronnie James, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's 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 hard. I don't really know what Gian, like Giannis is going to do. What he does, the Bucks having the one seat would definitely help the argument. But I'm not sure if that argument alone with his numbers would be enough if someone else is having a really gaudy year. Yeah. So I think that's, I think that's the point. So, so to me, and let us know, let us know in the YouTube comments, what you think, like, is there a statistical number that he needs to get to? Is there some sort of way that he can swing the narrative to his favor? And I think the question, Justin would be the fact that there's big question marks over what Philadelphia are going to be as a team. I think most people think they got better in the off season, but how does that translate? In the regular season, and then to Camille's point, there's a question on Dallas. So again, yeah, if they're three, four seeds, Bucks are the one. Is there anyone else pushing Giannis out of the MVP? I don't know. Probably not. If if he if he at least does what he's done the last few years. Yeah, I, I think if they're the one seed this year, I, I don't think they'll be. But if they are the one seed, I think that is he's going to be the MVP. If the Bucks finish with the best record in the East, because we would assume he's going to lead the team in scoring in most statistical categories. I think the most likely path is I know we framed it as he scored 30 points a game last year, but to hit the actual 30 point, whatever figure, if he can score 30 or more, that to me, well, not, he hasn't got it yet. It doesn't even have, yeah, it doesn't even have to be the scoring title. If he scores Mm -hmm. 30 points a game or more and the bucks are in the top three seeds again, which we think they will be. um, That's a big part of it. And also the way the schedule is, it's kind of similar to last year where where Giannis's momentum really started to pick up was the end of the season, where obviously we started to talk about it around uh, February in the All-Star break, and then it just slowly kept building and building and building, and it was that stretch of games that they had down the stretch, and most specifically him versus Joel Embiid in Philadelphia. The schedule is very similar this year, where your final 10 or so games uh, you have the Celtics at home. You have the Sixers at home in games that'll certainly get a lot of attention. You close out the season. Probably the last meaningful game or somewhat meaningful game you'll play is against another guy, John Morant, whose name was on that list. So to me, if he scores 30, if the Bucks are in the top three, and if those games down the stretch that are going to get the eyeballs in our national games, if he plays well and has those showings like he did last year against Embiid, that's it. It's those three things that really position him in the best spot to win the MVP again. 
Interesting that you bring that up because I remember thinking back to that game against Philadelphia and Giannis had the block on Embiid. Bucks win the game. Uh, Giannis might not have won the MVP, but I do feel like that game put a significant dent in Joel Embiid's chances yeah. of winning. So if you're a Bucks fan, take some solace from that bare <laughs> minimum. But let us know in the comments what you think Giannis needs to do to win a third MVP and join a pretty, pretty elite bunch of players there. Let's get to the NBA championship as our last one we're going to run through today. So fascinating stuff. So the Bucks four votes, fine, not a huge surprise. Celtics four votes, Golden State Warriors to go back to back, picked up a couple. What about the LA Clippers picking up five votes to be the, the championship favorite? Now I get it in theory, but I had a look back. So Kawhi landed over the last season so he had he played nine games in his last season in san antonio that was a little bit weird but nine games he's played 60 games 57 games then 52 games with the clippers and then didn't play a single game last season paul george in his three season with the clippers has played 48 54 then 31 so in theory camille this is a really good team but we haven't seen it and it's not like it's been one weird year it's been three yeah, the entire Clippers uh, run under PG and Kawhi has been weird in that sense where you don't really get a chance to see what your full team looks like at any real point when it matters truly. Um, so on paper, I completely can understand why someone would be really high on the Clippers. People have been high on the Clippers since this duo came together, and there's good reason for it. The idea of having uh, these two wings that you know that you switch and – Given their skill set, both play defense, both are are pretty efficient. Um, well, I shouldn't say efficient necessarily, but they they can get they can get their buckets. And when you see Kawhi's game, which thinking about it, it's kind of hard to remember at some points because it's been so long since we've seen Kawhi really play. But um, the way he's able to get to his spots as well, like he's also somebody who loves that mid range. He operates pretty effectively out of that area, um, but. And you also see what Coach Ty Lue has been able to do with what he already had. Like, he's been able to make these teams, even with all the injuries, very competitive. So I can see one's imagination being like, if they are fully healthy, can you imagine what this, you know, Ty Lue coach team could really do? And I get it. But as we know, to win a championship, it requires a few different types of luck. Injury luck is definitely one part of it. And if you look at the history of the superstars on this team, I don't know how you could feel comfortable betting a large sum of money or, you know, betting that this is going to be the team that's going to come out of the West and win it all, especially when you think about the other teams in the West. Like there's there's so much competition right now. So to have a Clippers team that you haven't had the chance to see fully at any point over the last three years, really, um, and say they're the championship favorites feels a little um, like 2K wishy. But on paper, I see why. I just I wouldn't put my money on them coming out the West. Well, it reminded me of something you said on the podcast last week. We had a discussion, Camille, and there was some pushback uh, in terms of you. You were saying that you weren't really scared of of any team, and I think it's. I totally agree with it, even including the Bucks. I don't know how I'd feel about the Bucks if I didn't watch them as closely as I do, but. I don't think that there's a team that's terrifying. There's not there's not a LeBron James Miami Heat team that you think right. is clearly better than everyone. 
There's not a Golden State Warriors Kevin Durant team that you think is clearly better than everyone. So it feels pretty wide open, Justin. And I guess that's why I think that people want to jump on the Clippers because they're like, why not? This is a wide open championship race. Yeah. It's um, even the infancy of the Warriors when it was Clay and Steph and Draymond and they were really, really good. There's maybe some teams on that level, but there's a lot of like Toronto Raptors that won the title where it's teams that just fit together and make sense and have a really good player and a lot of complimentary pieces that are good and, and probably underrated. Um, I mean, on paper, I think we all kind of have the same viewpoint. The Clippers are a pretty scary team if everything comes together, but there's, I don't want to count them out. There's just so many big ifs here with Kawhi that, you know, by the time, if they're playing for a title, by the time that series wraps up, going to be close to 32 and major injuries that have cost him basically the last what three years have been greatly compromised for him so that's a big question mark Paul George has started to pile up some of the injuries as well and some big ones in the last year Uh, not to mention John Wall they're going to rely on pretty heavily here and it's the same conversation we had with Kawhi of everything you hear behind the scenes is man John Wall looks great he looks like the guy he was early in his career but we still need to see that in a game for the first time in over a year. So that's a big what if as well. Um, I just, I think there's a lot of teams, like I said, that are like that Raptors team that are really good. And I agree with what you said of, look, if I was a team or a fan of not of the Bucks, I would probably say the same thing about the Bucks. of really supposed to be afraid of that team. I mean, they lost in the second round last year. Yeah. They didn't have Chris Middleton, but mm-hmm. I could point to the years prior and say, well, are, are the Bucks that version of the team or are the team that won the title in 2021? That's why having Giannis is such a difference maker because I do think people are scared of Giannis just based on the fact that he's like a Terminator basketball player. You know, like this, this, <laughs> he just keeps coming and coming. So uh, it's going to be really interesting. Also, make sure you check out the Locked On NBA podcast. I'm sure they'll talk about this survey from a different perspective to what we have, but... Uh, let's just say anytime any of these surveys come out and it's bucks heavy in their responses, it's fun for us. We can talk about it. I'm not going to complain about people saying that Giannis is the favorite uh, for the MVP. All right. As I mentioned, uh, Eurobasket is about to start and Greece playing Croatia uh, for their, their opener there in their group games. The games are going to come pretty quickly, so we'll try and get a post-game podcast up for all those games, depending on when the days fall. If it's, uh, if it's this weekend, sorry, I'm I'm locked out. Uh, just, just, Australian football playoffs are starting, and uh, that takes precedent of my emotions this weekend. There's no doubt about that. But we'll we'll have podcasts. We'll roll through it. And uh, like I said, jump into YouTube comments and let us know what you thought about uh, this poll. I'll put a bunch of questions up there. So subscribe and uh, have fun. New new streaming service. How do we feel about this, guys? How was the how was the user experience? Uh, yeah, we should. Well, it sounds a, like you're thrilled. It sounds like you're thrilled. Let's do so. a three person survey on this one and release <laughs> the results. You know? well, at least people can under, at least people can can hear my audio now. That's a that's a, you that's know, a big bonus. I know we're we're wrapping up now. The only other thing from this survey that caught my attention was uh, the who had the worst off season. And the Brooklyn Nets on there of just because of the distractions going on, sure. But 
The alternative was a total teardown and rebuild, and they still have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, which, you know, assuming they're bought in and assuming you get something from Ben Simmons, I know people, it's easy to make fun of him and probably don't want to hear it, but you do have to be concerned about Brooklyn if they're going to keep that core intact. Absolutely. No fights for them. Interesting for the title as well. And I was I was looking at that one as well when you looked at the best offseason. The Bucks picked up Joe Ingles. How is that not the best offseason? All right. We'll be back in a couple of days. Speak to you guys. <laughs>